0: What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Droegemeier, and on today's show, joined by one of the original members of the show, John Kegley. The Chargers encyclopedia is here to get into these game predictions and keys for success. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans of the real generational talent that Pepsi Fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, but we together have been doing our own Facebook Live show covering the Chargers for the last five seasons, Chargers Domination Live, which you can find weekly on Facebook, and it's going to be tomorrow night. And we'll have an episode out of that tonight if you guys want to check us out on Facebook. And this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What is up, guys? Well, it is time to get into our keys for success and to make our predictions for this game. I think we're all feeling pretty good about it, which is saying a lot for the Chargers because every single game they've had this year has not only been a nail biter, but it's been a one possession game where it really has come down to the end of it every single time and now the Chargers finally get some relief in their schedule. So today we're going to be getting into our keys for success. Hopefully the offense can get it going and the defense can get their act together too. So we'll be getting into that in the second and third segments before wrapping up the show with our bold and game predictions. But we're going to start the show as we usually do on Fridays with the injury report. We have names like Keenan Allen, Brian Bulaga, and Trey Turner still on there, and some late additions to that as well, and there's also some big names on the Jaguars side of things too, but let's go ahead and get into it. The Thursday injury report has come out for the Chargers, and there is a few star players on the list whose status is uncertain going into Sunday's game against the Jaguars. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Droegemeier with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Thursday injury report for the Chargers has a ton of names on it this week and a few names that are definitely concerning if you're a Chargers fan. I mean, there's 10 players total, but when you see the names like Keenan Allen being a limited participant all week, Brian Bulaga limited all week, but that's almost a good thing at this point just to see him back on the practice field but a couple of other big names Linval Joseph is on the list Sam Tevy, Trey Turner and KJ Hill was a late addition who practiced fully on Wednesday and did not practice at all on Thursday but David I think the one to me that's scariest is just Keenan Allen he d- was dealing with some back spasms that made him leave the game against the New Orleans Saints and it's not certain at this point that he's not going to play. You know, if they can play him and they think he's good, he will be out there even with a limited participation in practice all week. And if, of course, he is going to want to go. But once again, we're looking at a lot of big names for the Chargers.
1: I just think that one is the scariest. No question about it, Daniel. I mean, Keenan Allen's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So, of course, you want to have him out there, especially with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. Seems like they have really built a nice rapport with each other. And you want to see that continue with jo- with. Keenan Allen on the football field. You want that relationship to continue to grow. So, yeah, a limited participant with that back injury all week. It is definitely a cause for concern. We don't know what his status is going to be for Sunday. But as long as he doesn't have any setbacks, I believe he will probably be out there. Brian Belaga, as you mentioned, was actually on the practice field this week which is a good sign it is progress in the right direction we do not know if he is going to be available for Sunday but the fact that he is actually back at practice is definitely steps in the right direction also really good to see Tyrod Taylor back at practice as well after the pierced lung missing a a couple of weeks because of that injury and also I think it's very important to notate that Joey Bosa was not on the injury report at all that means he is the healthiest that he has been up to this point throughout the season hopefully that will allow him to go out there and play more free and be more himself Trey Turner not practicing all week is definitely something that I don't understand and I don't understand why the Chargers did not put Trey Turner on IR Daniel
0: yeah because at this point he looks like he's going to be out at least as long as he would have had to be on injured reserve, and you could have another body on the roster in that case. I think the biggest question for a guy like Brian Bulaga is, are the Chargers comfortable putting him out there without a full participation in practice? Because we just haven't seen that from him in a couple of weeks. You feel better about guys who have been playing like Keenan Allen and Limbaugh-Joseph being out there. But I think the low-key name on this list is Justin Jackson, who has been limited all week in practice. And if he's not able to go, last week they had Troy Main Pope up on the active roster. And you wonder whether they would have to go down and get somebody like Darius Bradwell or even Caleb Olaj, a newly signed guy to their practice squad, to fill in for that because... Justin Jackson, we do not know at this point if he is going to play, but flipping things over to the Jacksonville Jaguars side, and their side as well is littered with injuries, and they have a lot of players not practicing, or at least limited participants all week, and there are some pretty big names on there, but the biggest one to me is Miles Jack, because I think he is their best defender, he's a good run defender, he has his moments in coverage as well, and I think he is kind of the heartbeat of that defense, and if he's not going to be out there, it's going to be a big blow for them, David, and just like the Chargers, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries as well.
1: Yeah, the fact that he has not been on the practice field at any point this week puts his availability for Sunday in serious jeopardy, and he is definitely one of the better defenders on that Jaguars team, so if he is not going to be able to go out there and and play, it is going to be a major blow to a defense that is already giving up a lot of yards against any offensive opponent. But on the offensive side of things, they're also very, very banged up. A lot of their weapons are hurt. LaVishka Chenault, O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, DJ Chark, the wide receiver, were all limited participants all week in practice. Those are you know, major names, major cogs in, in their offensive machine for the Jaguars. So if any of those guys are not going to be able to go, it is something that might alter the game plan a little bit. On the, on the defense, there was also a couple other guys. Safety Gerard Wilson did not practice all week with a hamstring injury. So his status for Sunday. is. probably in serious doubt as well. And then Adam Goddess, the defensive end, did not practice, but it was not injury-related. If you thought the Chargers were injured, Daniel, this injury report for the Jaguars is a lot longer, and they are going to be banged up going into Sunday.
0: And I think another really important name on this list is former Chargers kicker Josh Lambeau, who had to miss the last few games. And last week, they actually had a guy out there that had never kicked a field goal in any type of football game in high school or college or in the NFL, and he ended up making his first field goal from around 30 yards and then missing a 30-yard field goal as well. So Josh Lambeau, ever since he has left the Chargers, has been one of the best and most accurate kickers in the entire NFL, and if the Chargers played this game close... Like they have played a lot of these games, that could play a big factor in what happens on Sunday. But we do have two more segments to get into because we're going to be getting into our keys for success for the Chargers offense before wrapping the show up with our keys for success for the defense and our predictions at the end of the show. But first, I need to tell you guys that every day when you come home, you might feel like you hit that wall where you just get super tired and you feel like you need to take a nap. But... I can help you out with that because from the creators of Built Bar comes an energy supplement that is going to help you get through the day and especially help you break through that wall, and that is Built Go. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's far better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And there's also three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein, and it's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. All you have to do is go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, well, like we do every single week, we're going kind to of get into our keys for success for this game against the Jaguars. And for the Chargers, well, we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. And I think this is really a game where you can see the Chargers put together a full game. So for my first key for success, it's really just something I want to see them do. And I think if they do it, there's no doubt that they're going to win the game. And my key for success for the Chargers in this game is score a touchdown In every quarter. We always talk about how we want to see a complete game plan from the Chargers. And we want to see them play a full 60 minutes or whatever cliche you want to use but if you want to do that offensively and you want to cure what's been going on for you in the third quarter the one way to get around that is to score a touchdown in every quarter and i'm not saying you can't score more than that i mean that's 28 points i think the chargers could put up more in this game but i do think that that would be a complete game if they're finding a way to score in every quarter so john where are you going with your first offensive key to success
2: well, this offense can actually do whatever they want against the Jaguars defense. Like you, whatever Hopefully. play you want to run, it'll work. The problem is you can still beat yourself. So my key is going to be prevent penalties and turnovers and stuff like that because you're going to have success moving the ball in this game. You will be going down the field. You will be in the red zone a lot. But don't beat yourself and get a holding penalty when you're in field goal range. Now you have to punt the ball. Don't fumble the ball inside the five-yard line. (laughs) Stuff like that is going to get the Jaguars chances and keep them in the game and also keep their mental ability to feel like they're going to win still in the game. So you got to shut down the Jaguars completely by not giving them chances with mistakes.
0: And when you look at the Jaguars' defense and what they've allowed, if you look at their schedule the last five games, they've given up 30 points or more. So when you're talking about being able to do whatever you want, it would look that way. This is from football perspective on Twitter. The Jaguars have forced just 11 punts and 6 turnovers through 6 games. Just 10% of drives against Jacksonville has ended in a 3-and-out, and they're allowing 44 yards per drive. And I think that is... Huge for the Chargers offensively, David, because especially against the Saints, it was really boom or bust. It seemed like they were going down for a touchdown or they were going three and out. So I think this is a good game for the Chargers, not only to be able to sustain drives, which is something I think we all need to see from them. But also the biggest thing for me is be more effective on first down. I mean, we always talk about down and distance and all of those things and how important those things are. But the best way to do that is having a successful first down. So these are all things I'm looking for from the Chargers in this game against
1: the Jags. Absolutely, Daniel. It's very important to have more success on first and second down. you got to put the Chargers in better down and distances so they can stay on the football field. They're going up against a defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars that – is going to make that a lot easier than the last several opponents that they have played against. My first key to success is throw the deep ball because the Jaguars cannot cover it. The Jags are towards the bottom of the league in pretty much every statistical category against the pass. And also they don't rest the quarterback well. They're, they're- towards the bottom of the league in sacks so this should be a lot of fun for herbert definitely cut it loose throw a couple deep balls but also mix in the run because the jaguars aren't doing uh, good against that either 140 rushing yards over 140 rushing yards per game so uh you definitely want to continue to run the football it'll help you have success opening things up through the air but like you guys have mentioned i mean whether you throw it or whether you run it i mean there's definitely going to be opportunities and if you do run it don't don't worry uh don't exclude Justin Herbert from that either, because if the play isn't there, Justin, just go run. I mean, Fitzpatrick's had success. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, all of them have been able to extend plays and get big chunks on the ground running the, court, running the football with the quarterback.
2: I like to see first play, play action to the running back, and throw the deep ball. Just send someone deep, one-on-one coverage, no safety, take the shot. Try to make a statement first play.
0: Yeah, I don't hate that either. I mean, I don't think they would see it coming, that's for sure. But the Jaguars the I like to think first, let me just go back to that where you look at uh, Shane Steichen's game script and then like the first thing is just 75-yard touchdown to Tyron Johnson. That's the entire first drive. Like that's the script right there. But getting back to what David was saying and just some numbers to back that up. The Jaguars defense we're talking about, you know, protecting Herbert and we saw the Panthers get right in their pass rush against the Chargers, but hopefully they can keep this Jaguars defense, which has basically been toothless, averaging .8 sacks per game, 3.2 tackles for loss, and 4.7 quarterback hits. I mean, I think if they're only able to hit Justin Herbert four times in this game, it's going to be a very, very long game for them, and yeah, 863 rushing yards in six games is what they've allowed total, so... You can pretty much do anything, but we all know the Chargers have to get out there and execute. And to what you're talking about, John, I think this goes perfectly. I mean, actually, with what you guys both ended with there, one of my keys for success is let the reins up, loosen up the reins on Justin Herbert, because... We've heard this coaching staff say, you know, hey, we're going to continue to keep putting more and more on Justin Herbert's plate as he gets older, is what Anthony Lynn said. But as he continues to play, you're coming off of a bye week. You know that you've been more conservative with him than you probably should have been. It's time to loosen that up, John, and just let the kid go out there. Let Herbie cook.
2: And this is the game to do it, too. You're, you're not risking much by doing it. It's like you're going up against, you know, the Buccaneers or someone that's worth something. You're going up against probably one of the worst teams in the league. Give Herbert the reins of just going out there and being Herbert. Let him be full control of the offense. See what happens. This is the best chance to be able to find a way to win if he is screwing up With while also trying to learn what Herbert is capable of. If you make him the lead guy of this offense, make him one of those John Elway, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning type guys that say, here you go. Here's the offense. Go for it. But at the same time, you can do just about anything against this Jags defense, as we mentioned. So, how much are you going to use Herbert exactly? If you get a twenty-one point lead, what do you do then? You're going to keep making continue him throw the to ball, throw
0: the ball, continue yeah. to throw the ball. Yes,
2: yeah, we would say yes. But what is what are they going to do? You know, are they going well, to the two seventeen point
0: ball? leads that they've blown should probably tell them maybe don't just run the ball. You know, maybe maybe yeah. keep the the foot on the pedal.
1: It's like playing Colorado. Just assume that a Fifteen point lead is not going to be enough. Okay,
2: (laughs) it's basically like it's common sense to us, but we know what the coaches are going to do. At what point do they say, "Okay, Herbert's done his job"? Put Easton stick in. Yeah, put Tyrod or Easton stick in. Like, at what point do they do that? Because then, at that point, you're not really getting. It better be
0: forty five to zero. I I will lose my like I will lose it if the Chargers put them in anywhere besides that situation
2: my thing is just are we gonna get the full Justin Herbert experience are you gonna get the full okay here's how well he does with a game or is it gonna be here's what he does with two and a half quarters because we blew them out because it's a crappy team that's my that's my one little worry here because then that could get to all the players and even Herbert's head of look how amazing he is when we actually give him the game
0: yeah I mean I think this could be the week he does it Obviously, I mean, I haven't put this on Twitter today. As someone who's covered the Chargers for as long as we have, I mean, you can only be so cautiously optimistic about things, and it always kind of feels like they're just one thing away from the entire thing, just collapsing in on itself. But, I mean, if you're going to have a game like this against this team specifically who got rid of all of their good defensive players, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago, AJ Bouye, Calais Campbell, Ronnie Harrison, I mean, you can go on and on, but... I think that for this Chargers offense, it's like John said, just don't get in your own way. And it's also a get right game like we were talking about. And I think the most important thing for them to get right is that running game, David. I mean, we saw them put up over 100 yards, but that was really boosted by a Justin Jackson Long run in the middle of the game. And besides that, they were pretty ineffective. Even with that, they didn't average four yards per carry. So if you want to try anything out, if you want to, you know, start to get creative with your running game, I think this is the game for you to try to get right because we know that that has to be part of this team's offensive identity. They have to be able to run the ball effectively. And there's been too many times in the past where we've given similar numbers to this, David, and said this is the worst rush defense in the league. And then the Chargers go out there and go 12 for. Forty-three. You know what I mean? So, like, this is a game where you have to get those things right going forward, especially just to boost yourself going into, you know, the last parts of the season.
1: No question about it. I mean, I think they have a big opportunity to run the football. And I'm looking – specifically at joshua kelly right here i want joshua kelly to have a very very big game he needs that get right game like you know the rest of the team does but him specifically the last couple of games he just has not run the ball very well and i know that he's a better running back than that and they're going to lean on him a lot with you know the justin jackson injury uncertainty issues and also with kj hill being out uh, possibly out why not get joe reed in there you know you could possibly Throw him at running back as well, and you know get him some of those end arounds that we'd love to see. That he is so obviously suited well for. I mean, I just think that this is an opportunity to get some guys some playing time that have not played uh, this year, and that they're going to have to lean on, or at least see what they have in uh, in the future. And then one little uh, fantasy note before we move on here: If you have Justin Herbert, you should definitely start him. <laughs> Justin Herbert has twenty-two plus fantasy points in three of his four career starts, and Jacksonville has allowed twenty. 20- 24-plus fantasy points to QBs in three of their last five games.
0: Yeah, and especially if he decides to run it in this game. I mean, that's always a great way for quarterbacks to rack up fantasy points. All I'm going to ask of him is if he gets in the open field, don't pull a Daniel Jones uh, and get sniped from the stands and just fall on your face because – I laughed at Daniel Jones, and I don't want to see people laugh at you, Justin. I just, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but we have a lot more to get into because the Chargers defense has also been struggling, especially the last couple of games. So we need to get into our keys for success for the Chargers defense before getting into our bold end game predictions coming up right after this. All right, well, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and it's a defense that has given up 30 and 37 points, 67 total points over the last two weeks admittedly to much better offenses than the Jacksonville Jaguars but John I know you're going to agree with me and I'm just going to get this one out there before you guys do and I lose one of my keys for success but I mean it's going to be so important in this game I mean obviously you can't overlook the Jaguars Gardner Minshew is going to have I think he's probably going to be like the next Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's going to have a few games every season where he's just going to blow you away I said on the crossover episode yesterday it's like he's a fun quarterback until he's your quarterback, but either way, he's probably going to make some plays, but the one place you don't want to see him make plays is outside of the pocket and also picking up yards with his legs, especially converting third downs, getting touchdowns in the red zone, things like that, and the chargers have been victimized all year long, John by not keeping contain, not keeping their integrity in their pass rushing lanes. And this is going to be another week where that gets put put to the test because if they're able to convert in a lot of key situations, because of that, it's going to keep drives alive for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's going to keep them in the game.
2: Amen. Preach, my brother. Preach. <laughs> I. You gotta that's contain. It. That's the analysis. <laughs> you gotta contain any quarterback that's running, but especially Gardner Minshew. Oh my God, <laughs> he will make. He will keep plays alive, even when they should even be alive. I've seen so many players. And he'll where like take some
0: sacks place. because of it, too. I mean, he'll do yeah. it to the detriment and, you know, the benefit of the offense. Yeah.
2: I've seen so many players where I'm like, oh, this play's dead. he's probably just locked this out of bounds. And I don't know where it's like, oh, 12-yard completion. First down, I'm like, <laughs> how did he find that? Yeah. I mean, they'll even show that little camera view in the game where it shows, like, the the above the above, uh, like the sky view. cam kind of thing. The yeah. sky cam, basically. Yeah. And you can see like all the holes that he could throw and throw it to a receiver. And you're like, there's nothing. There's nothing. And he just lofts a ball like over someone's head and into a little gap. And it's like, how did he see that? And I don't know how he does it, but it's so inconsistent, though, too, because then he'll do that same thing. And it's an interception or he's taking a sack, as you mentioned. <laughs> so right. many weird things like that. But at the same time, there is a little trick here. That if you can make the Jaguars one-dimensional, you could probably lose you the game, too. Right. The one win that they have this year was when they were st- still in the game and were able to still run the ball and be balanced. And Minshew only had 20 passes in that game. That was when they beat Phillip Rivers and the and he And he completed 19 of them. Exactly. The rest of it, though, he has thrown at least 40 passes in the last five games. And he has lost all five games. So my key is you got to start early and make the Jaguars one-dimensional. Shut down the run and put it in Minshew's hands. He's not going to win them the games, but he can manage a game. If they got a running game, they'll win the game. But if you shut down the running game, Minshew is not going to win the game for them. And so making them pass the ball all day is probably going to be in your favor.
0: Yeah, and that's one of my keys for success is keep their rushing offense down. James Robinson is a guy that was a really bright spot for them earlier on in the season, and he's had a couple of really rough games. I mean, he went 13 for 48 in one game, and then last week, or two weeks ago, and then last week, as a team, the Jaguars only had 44 rushing yards, and almost you know half of that was Gardner Minshew himself. So if you can take him out of the running game and shut down their actual running game, that is going to be a huge key for for this game. And I talked with Tony Wiggins of Lockdown Jaguars, and he said that the last two weeks they went up against two of the worst rush defenses in the NFL and had two of their worst rushing outputs. And when you're looking at how that's affected them this season, like you're saying with their schedule, in the game, I mean, they only lost the Titans, who seem to be a really good team, by three points. But... In that game, they ran for 165 yards. They ran for 91 yards in the win against the Colts. They ran for about 90 yards in another game against the Bengals where they kept it close. So that is going to be a huge key for this game. David, where are you going defensively for your first key?
1: So my first key and my second, but the first one I'm going to get into is watch Gardner Menchu's eyes. A lot of the time, Menchu does not scan the whole field. He looks at his first read and he is looking to go there. And when he does go through progressions, it takes him too long and he gets sacked. So watch his eyes. Where his eyes are most of the time is where he's going to throw the football. And also pay attention to what formation they're in. They never run the ball out of shotgun. So if they're in shotgun, they're going to throw the ball. And this should allow you to easily scheme blitzes and get some more pressure. Pressure that you desperately need to get that they haven't done very well at in the last, you know, what, six games they played? Or five games they played this year. Got to get after the quarterback at a much better rate.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were 28th in the league last year. As far as getting sacks. So, I mean, that's been a, an issue for this team with a lot of talent on it. You get Melvin Ingram back this week, but I definitely think this is another get right week for the Chargers to be able to get some pressure. And I think part of this really goes to kind of wrapping up everything we've talked about because listen to this if you can stop the run on first down, if you can get them into obvious passing situations, now your defensive line can get a good jump. Your defenders on the back end will have, you know, more chances to create turnovers and so on and so forth. But I do think, especially for a guy like Minshew, who throws a lot of anticipation throws, he's throwing a lot of throws, you know, before guys are even out of their routes. And that can be a good thing. But if that guy slips, if something, you know, he gets bumped off his route. Then you could have a pick. You could have a pick six even. So I do think that it has to be another key in this game, John, is turning the ball over if you're the Chargers defense. Because the Jaguars so far this year have had nine turnovers in six games. That means they average one and a half turnovers per game. And also they've had three more fumbles that they recovered as well. So they've had seven total fumbles in six games. The Chargers have only caused one fumble, I believe, this year. And that was Denzel Perryman on Joe Mixon. So if you're the Chargers defense and you really want to have a big game and you want to really help out the offense and put this team away, the turnovers are what's going to do it for you.
2: Well, it's a little early for uh, an all-time series note here. But uh, as long as it's not like the game in 2010 where there was like three fumbles and six interceptions, you'll have a... Pretty significant advantage in turnovers, but even in that game, we still won it by twenty-five. But turnovers <laughs> will be. How was that possible? Oh, <sighs> it, it's pretty amazing the fact that the Chargers in that game threw four Such interceptions. Such a Charger stat. The Chargers had four interceptions and one fumble loss, but at the same time, they got two interceptions and two fumbles. But won 38-13. ugliest game ever. <laughs> Oh, Except for when the Chargers blew a
0: two-score lead after the two-minute warning only a few years ago against the Jaguars. But I'm sure we'll get more into that uh, with your game predictions.
2: Oh, we definitely will in just like two minutes. But turnovers (laughs) will be the key against this team. And it's mostly because, like we mentioned earlier, the offense can do whatever they want against them. So if you're getting turnovers, you're giving your offense easier chances to score and less chances to screw up as well. If you're getting a turnover at the Jaguar 30, there's only 30 yards between you and the end zone to score, and there's less chance of you getting a holding call or something while you're doing a long drive. It'll be a short drive. Less chance to screw up, already in field goal range. You can even run the ball a few times and run down the clock, get out of there with less injuries. A lot of advantages here besides just winning the game. But at the same time, if you can get Mitch to start throwing interceptions, he tends to start throwing more. He's or
0: right.
2: Not so much more interceptions, but he starts throwing more bad passes because now he's starting to get worried about throwing another one. You'll see a lot of overthrows, a lot of short passes, or he'll just dump the ball at someone's feet. He won't start trying to make plays and keep drives alive. He'll be more worried about preventing that turnover.
1: Yeah, he starts and, pressing the issue for sure. He definitely presses the issue, but uh, don't be too scared of the deep ball. They don't throw it very well, um, so I kind of would eliminate that, but they do a lot of play action, a lot of underneath stuff, so that's where you want to key in against Gardner Minshew. That's a big part of their offense.
0: Yeah, and if you're the Chargers, don't give up any deep stuff either because, I mean, the the last two quarterbacks they played were Tom Brady and Drew Brees who were not necessarily known for their deep balls, but if you have busted coverage down there, Gardner Minshew and anyone else can make you pay for it, so I do think – That's another area where we can see this Chargers defense, who will still be the more talented defense, even with all of the injuries that they have right now. This is a game where you can't have those blown coverages. This is, you know, a game where they can get right. And then Michael Davis, I mean, he said, F it, just go, you know, that's how Michael Davis is looking at his tackling right now. And that's how I'm feeling about the Chargers defense. (laughs) Nazir Adderley, what? Nazir Adderley, big game?
2: Nah, this could be his game if they do throw that deep ball they
0: bold well, prediction is your utterly four picks
2: is that where you're going with that Daniel wait no. no oh man I was gonna high five you for
0: <laughs> right, I'll go I'll go really bold I'll up my boldness but let's you know on that note let's get into it right let's make some bold predictions John I know you're gonna be crazy we'll start with David David what's your bold prediction for this
1: game so if you think John's going to be crazy, you're going you're gonna to love this one. Uh-oh. I think Justin Herbert's going to get his first 400-yard passing game, and he's also going to run for 75 yards, and he's going to throw for four touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Damn. All right. I mean, that's almost 500 yards offense just for the kid himself. John, where are you going with it?
2: I'm going to go pretty crazy. I'm going to say the Chargers offense does not allow themselves to punt at all. We're going to at least have a field goal or a touchdown on every drive.
0: Hell yeah. I love that. I mean, I guess I'm going to switch it over to the defensive side of the ball. I do think this is a get right game. The Chargers have not produced enough sacks so far this season or enough pressure or enough turnovers. I'm going to say they get both done in this game. I'm going to say that the Chargers defense ends up with five sacks and three interceptions against the jaguars offense i do think this is a game like you said john i mean it can all unravel for the jaguars pretty quickly and that's what seems to happen for them i mean they're in a lot of games and it unravels and this is like one of those games where like you're going up against another team that beats themselves right I mean, we always talk about how the chargers always beat themselves the jaguars are going to do their best to beat themselves too so that being said let's get into hey real quick yeah
1: real quick uh so uh for everybody listening out there a new drinking game every time you hear get right game take a shot
0: yeah i'm gonna have to like superimpose that back into the beginning of the episode but i do think that is the theme this week right i mean you finally get i mean i think carolina is a much better team than the jacksonville jaguars so that's it's been really tough for the chargers they haven't played a team that didn't have a winning record in the last four weeks this is before the bye week, obviously. So, I mean, it's it's a game the Chargers really do need to do that. But let's get into the final scores and predictions for this game. So, David, I know you're going to come through for the Chargers fans out there that want to hear something nice at the end of the show. What do you have this score being this weekend
1: in, against the Jags? I am. I'm definitely going to make them feel really good about it. I think this is the first week, uh, Charger fans, that you can – let go of the bottle. You can, you know, get whatever your stress relief is and put that away. I think the chargers are going to come out and they're going to take care of business emphatically. I think Justin Herbert's going to get his first win and it's going to be a big one. 42, 18 chargers.
0: Nice. I mean, that's pretty nice. And it also means there's probably going to be two rushing touchdowns in there as well. Maybe that is a big day for Josh Kelly with those extra two touchdowns. It's hard for me to pick that big of a blowout, John, he always comes with the history lesson. I'm ready for it. I don't want to hear about the Blake Bortles game and Josh Lambeau game-winning field goal against us, but here we are. Go ahead.
2: Well, you know me. I have to bring the negative energy that you all love so much. I don't even but... think you're
0: going to pick the Jaguars this week.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> even the most all... pessimistic of us.
2: All time, the Chargers lead the series 8-3. to three. And this week, we play... In L.A., which is home, sadly. But that means the Chargers are 4-0 at home against the Jaguars. And seven of the Chargers' eight wins against the Jaguars are by 13 points or more. And I'm going to be going with the Chargers winning 38-14.
0: Damn, could this really be the game where the Chargers are going to pull out a double-digit victory for the first time this season? Have a game decided by you know, less than a, a one-score game for the first time this season. I think the combined points for Chargers games so far this season on both sides is 21 points. has been the difference in their five games. That is just ridiculous. I mean, an average of a four-point margin. Uh, it's It's been tough. And Chargers fans, you definitely could use a week like this. I'm also going to say the Chargers win big. in this one, I don't have as much faith in in the Chargers, not giving up a couple of garbage time scores. So, I'm going to make it a little bit closer than that. But I do think the Jaguars score late. I don't think it's necessarily close. I have the Chargers winning 34 to 20. So, I still have it being a two score game, a two touchdown game. And I think that the Chargers probably at the end of it, just because I can't really see them keeping the foot on the gas pedal, even though that's all that we want, I don't necessarily see them, you know, putting up 40, just because I feel like. They'll go into a shell, as they always do if they get up big enough, like we talked about. We know these coaches. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, hopefully talking about Justin Herbert's first W, long-awaited one. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, the number for the Locked On Charged voicemail line is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Charged voicemail played on the show, but that is going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.